mom was an undergrad at the University of Michigan. She spent two of her summers working in the university's travel agency. For those of you who may not remember the days before Google, we used to have these physical buildings, cave-like, I guess, uh, where, where we made travel plans, where you could go and you book plane flights and train tickets and you found hotels, or you could just pay someone else to do all that for you. My mom worked in this travel agency helping more fortunate kids plan their summers abroad in Europe, getting them Eurorail passes, you guys remember all this, hostels. She'd hoped to go to Europe herself, uh, but she couldn't quite afford it. As a consolation, at the end of one summer, she bought herself a fancy bottle of perfume. Because the perfume was expensive and she'd work so hard for it, she decided to save it for a special occasion. She saved it. She saved it. And one day, she finally decided to wear it. She opened the bottle, and the perfume had gone bad. It had spoiled before she had the opportunity to wear it. Today, Jesus tells us a story of missed opportunities. This tale is a slippery one, and it's easy to miss the point here. So let's take a second and discuss what this story is not about. It's not a story about sharing our personal skills, our talents. That pun doesn't work here. It's not about someone who was a great painter and decided to be a secretary. It's not a story about an angry God who treats everyone like slaves and who is ready to punish anyone who doesn't fall in line. It's not about how to be a good boss. And it's not about investment strategies for the poor. (laughs) This story is about missed opportunities in the kingdom of heaven. The passage begins directly on the tale of last week's parable, which begins, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. This is another story about the kingdom of heaven, the way of Jesus, the way of love eternal. As the band Wilco sings, our love is all of God's money. How we live, how we love is what matters to God. God cares how we care. Do we care for one another? Are we concerned for the vulnerable? Do we seek justice in our daily lives? Do we turn a blind eye to love's invitation? Consider the talents in this parable, opportunities to love, moments to pursue justice, a window of time in which you can make a difference in the world. We all have those opportunities in daily life. A coworker starts crying, an acquaintance tells an offensive joke, an elderly man struggles to get out of his chair in a restaurant. These little moments are like talents of silver, love capital. 
They range from the quotidian to the global, from our families to the 65.3 million people who are refugees around the world, to the 795 million people who are malnourished or hungry, to the 1 billion people threatened by sea level rise. To say nothing of the staggering species loss that many people call the sixth mass extinction. Every day, Humanity buries its talents with countless missed opportunities. New Testament scholar Matt Skinner compares the servant who buries his talent to the moderate white pastors that Dr. King addresses in his letter from Birmingham jail. King had been arrested on April 12, 1963, Good Friday, and someone smuggled a newspaper into his jail that had an article written by eight Alabama clergy men, 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 (laughs) entitled A Call for Unity. These were the clergy who were too afraid of controversy to stand up against racism and injustice. They argued that civil disobedience and direct action of the civil rights movement were, quote, untimely. They thought King should wait. King wrote his response, began writing his response to that article on the margins of that actual newspaper. Isn't that incredible? Later, he had different pieces of paper smuggled in to the jail so he could write it. But in the letter, he says, this weight has almost always meant never. And he added the legal maxim, justice too long delayed is justice denied. Just as in this parable, the missed opportunities of the white moderate clergy were the product of a failure of nerve. One of the theologians that King cites in that letter was Paul Tillich. Tillich's most famous book is called The Courage to Be. In that book, Tillich discusses how courage is essential to life. Tillich defines courage as the affirmation of one's being in spite of the threat of non-being. Often we respond to our fear of death or our inadequacy with the neurosis of, and this is Tillich's words, Avoiding non-being by avoiding being. Avoiding non-being by avoiding being. Like the servant in the parable, we bury the talent we have. We turn away from the opportunity. We are motivated by fear. We are so afraid, so convinced of our scarcity that we turn away from even the opportunity of abundance. We turn away from the chance to love God and neighbor because we do not accept the fact that we are loved, that we are enough. One of the anxieties that Tillich identifies as an aspect of non-being is the anxiety of guilt and condemnation. This is the fear of the slave who buries his talent and fears his master. His fear of guilt and condemnation makes him avoid risk at all costs. Being requires courage to overcome our own fear of condemnation. As Tillich says, 
The courage to be is the courage to accept oneself as accepted in spite of being unacceptable. In traditional language, we call this grace. Grace is God's love, unearned and undeserved. It takes courage to accept grace, just as it takes courage to pass it along. Love requires courage. The great contemporary songwriter and uh, country songsmith Jason Isbell puts it this way, the right thing is always the hardest thing to do. Which brings us back to the slave. This poor slave. As compassionate people, we can't help but feel sorry for this slave. He seems like he is treated unfairly. Is it really his fault? We know that he doesn't have the talents, and he doesn't have the skills of the others. Why should he be punished? In our baptismal covenant, we make a promise to respect the dignity of every human being. So what about this slave? As King says in his letter from Birmingham jail, we are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects us all indirectly. So we feel that tug of our mutuality in this slave as we read this passage. And I love that we have such sensitivity and compassion. I love that we long to seek love at all costs. I love that we understand more deeply than we can articulate that it is not our place to judge others. Rather, we are called to the courage of love. That is what it takes. That is what it takes to love God and neighbor, and that is what it takes to love our enemies. So, with that courage... We can challenge ourselves to love more deeply, to love where we thought we cannot love. In the place of the slave in this narrative, if it is bothering you that the slave is mistreated, try substituting Donald Trump. (laughs) Try thinking Louis C.K., or Harvey Weinstein, or Roy Moore. Think EPA Director Scott Pruitt, or Texas church shooter Devin Patrick Kelly. Try substituting that relative that you'll see at Thanksgiving that you cannot stand. These are people who were given opportunities and buried the talent. If we are to seek love and mercy for the slave in this parable, then we should seek love and mercy for those other children of God. And that is not easy. May not even feel right. But the right thing to do is often the hardest thing to do. In this passage from Thessalonians this morning, the the coming of love is surprising and unavoidable as labor pains come upon a pregnant pregnant woman. As the husband of a midwife, you know that I'm drawn to these kind of analogies. (laughs) If you are not ready, labor can be very dangerous. 
Even in the best of conditions, it can be life-threatening for both mother and child. A new life is coming, and if you ignore it or do not respond to that change, it can be dangerous. But more often than not, that new life comes safely. One minute, a room is filled with danger and pain, and the next, there is a new person in the room. The perfume of love fills the room. Before us, there are opportunities. There are chances to love, bottles of perfume, chances to clothe ourselves in God's grace. New life is coming into the world, whether we are ready or not. And that new life requires our courage. It requires a risk. But that risk, that new life, is like a baby. It fills the room and calls to you simply, saying, enter into the joy of your master. Amen. Amen.